0: What I want to talk to you tonight about is is that I was just uh, spending time with the Lord, and the Lord says, my people are challenged. The enemy is coming in, lying, trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and and trying to discourage them. And He says, and, and when they get hit blindsided, or they get hit and things don't work out the way they thought they would work out, there can be this trauma that takes place. And when this trauma takes place, just like in our physical body, when trauma takes place, you go into shock, uh, lots of other things. You can get so distracted that more, uh, 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 you might say, injuries come because you're distracted because of what's going on there. You don't realize all the facts. And, and I know when paramedics get on the scene and someone's going through trauma, the first thing they do is they say, slow down and breathe, breathe. And they try to get them to breathe. I know playing sports, I remember Rhett Cumbie and Kirk Morris, two of the biggest guys on the team. And my coach throws me the ball and says, run through them. If you don't run through them, you've got 100 laps to run. And this is out in July and August heat. And I said, I don't want to run any laps. I know he's exaggerating on the number. But Rhett Cumbie and Kirk Morris were like immovable brick homes. Okay, But I said, I'm going through them. So I gave it everything I had. And when I hit those two, going between them with the ball uh, in practice, I stopped dead still. There was no bouncing. There was no movement from them. It was just bam. And my vertebra went and it knocked the wind out of me. I felt my back just cut. I mean, and I couldn't breathe. I was, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever had something like that happen. It's a very frightful uh, event. And I remember. Uh, uh, Coach Fell came over, and uh, he grabs me by the, the 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 inside of my pants there and starts pulling me. I'm laying back there, and he says, "Breathe, son, breathe." You know, he's a big guy, and uh, you got to breathe. and uh, And I'm blue, and finally, I got my air. and Oh, what a blessing it was! You got to get back to the basics. You got to breathe. You got to breathe. And the Lord sees what the enemy's doing, and the Lord wants you to be able to get your focus and to get your position back because uh, I learned from that that I had to better position myself because that wasn't the last time I had to try going through Kirk Morrison, and Rhett Cumbie. And the good thing is, the next time I went, I went through them because I learned I don't meet shoulder pad to shoulder pad, I had to go lower. Those big guys, I had to get under them and go lower, and I was able to get through them. Uh, So what the Lord wants you to do is get through this opposition, get through this hard time, get through this struggle. There's somebody here tonight that there's a struggle going on in your life. There's opposition that is coming against you. There's a heaviness, a sense, there's a heaviness that the enemy is trying to pressure, pressure you with. And uh, there's trauma that you're going through, and, and, and the enemy's wanting you to lose focus, get distracted, so that he can take you out. But God says, you're not going out. God says, I'm going to give you instruction, I'm going to give you encouragement, I'm, I'm going to show you the way up, and I'm going to show you the way through this thing. So that's what I, uh, as I was praying, the Lord says, you got to get them back to the basics. You got to get them back to the basics, because this is where uh, the source of everything is. So, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, this, this question came to my mind. What's the most powerful activity on earth? What is the most powerful activity on earth? Anybody want to guess? Prayer. Pardon? Winning souls. Amen. So I'm talking about power now. most powerful uh, thing activity on earth. That there is a cloud, but it kind of looks like a nuclear explosion, you know. So when the the Lord asked me, what's the most powerful activity on earth? That something you think the most destructive power because, you know, you you think power destroys. Well, we know that's not true. We know the greatest power of all doesn't destroy, builds up, praise God. But uh, so I said, you know, a nuclear bomb or, you know, I was thinking about a lion. I was thinking about a hippopotamus, an elephant. I was just thinking about powerful things. He said, activity, what is the most powerful activity on earth? And, uh, and I began to ponder that, and he says, when you get this, he says, you, I want you to share it with him because this is, this is going to help him. And then I, I just came to me just like someone said, it's prayer, it's prayer, amen? So I want to talk to us to get back to the basics of prayer tonight so that you don't depend on somebody else just praying for you, but that you pray powerful prayers. We're bringing your prayer uh, activity to the to the stone tonight, and we're going to sharpen the blade, okay? It's not that you don't have a prayer, uh, you might say a prayer knife, a prayer sword, Uh, it just, let's sharpen it a little tonight, so it cuts a lot easier. I was watching one of those uh, survival shows where this guy and his son goes and tries to survive and show you how, what you can eat when you don't have food, and how you should, uh, you know, make your way around mountains and through jungles and so forth. And he said, the most dangerous thing out there with people going through the forest like that uh, is the, having a dull machete. Is it a machete? A dull machete. He says, more happens uh, uh, in accidents by having a dull one. So every morning, he said, before you get going, you take the time and sharpen it. And he showed you how to sharpen it and, uh, so that you could cut your way through what looked like the opposition to get to your destination. So, we're going to bring our prayer up for sharpening tonight. (laughs) Kind of like when we were cutting the trees down on the property back here where the building now is. And uh, we went and bought a brand new, brand new chainsaw. What kind of chainsaw was that? Steel. Steel chainsaw. And that thing would go through trees like butter. It was just amazing. And then as the trees fell, the guy that was using it was cutting down and he would cut down. And as he cut down through uh, the, the stump of the tree there... Uh, the trunk of the tree, he would cut down into the dirt. Well, guess what dirt does to a blade? Dulls it really fast. So then after he went that that tree, he goes to the next uh, t- several trees, and he just sat there and cut and cut, and it's smoking, and it's getting overheated, and it's like, what happened? What happened? It stopped our progress. So we went up to Taylor Do-It-Yourself Center up here, and they've got a, a professional that sharpens the blades there, so we took it up there, and they sharpened it, we came back like butter again. So, and they told us then, when we were up there, more people cut themselves because of a dull chainsaw than a sharp chainsaw. Because a dull chainsaw bounces back and, 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 and goes the opposite way that it's intended to do. But a sharp chainsaw will go through uh, in the destination you have it. I want you to be sharp tonight so that you go through into the destination that God has for you. Amen? Amen. In Matthew chapter 4, and verse 19... Uh, Jesus said to the disciples, He said, Follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus wants us to follow Him, follow His example. And as we follow His example, what did He say? I will make you. He wants to make you tonight. He wants to make you a fisher of men. He wants to make you into greatness. He wants to make you to fulfill the destiny that He has for you. How many feel like you're on the potter's wheel and you're going to let the, Jesus, the potter, go ahead and make you into the vessel of honor that He's created you to be. How I many willing to yield your life to Him to do that? How many of you feel like you're still spinning around? He's still wetting his hands and he's still working out some kinks. He's working out some lumps. He's working out some spots. How many of you have ever watched a potter and it didn't get quite the way he wanted it and would take it and he would slam it back down on the wheel and make it a big plop, of, a, a clump of clay again and he kind of like began to start all over. Sometimes if it had air pockets in it and all he would take it and he'd beat into it to get it together. Anybody feel like you're on the wheel then going through some of that? Well, just be encouraged. God's dipping His hand in the water and He's, gonna, He's just going to make you into this perfect uh, vessel of honor that He's called you to be. He said, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. I love it that God is making us, that we're not stuck, that we're not just going to be what we are today. Who we are today we can say, thank you Lord, but God has greater. God has bigger. God has more for you. Your life is not over. Your life is just beginning. You say, but this circumstance has taken place and that has happened and this did not happen and this didn't work out the way I thought it would work out. And and the enemy's trying to tell you it's all over. Well, God is stepping into your it's all over and saying yes that part is all over but I've got greater things for you to move into I've got better days ahead of you and you're saying God it can't get better because I've, I've lost or I'm hurting or I'm, I'm missing out on what was great God says with me, I take you from glory to glory and I take you from faith to faith. God says, are you going to trust me or are you going to trust the limited thinking that you have? He says, if I say I've got greater for you, you need to go ahead and put a smile on your face and say, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I'm going to stay in the vehicle with you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you lead me into all that you've created for me. In Genesis 1 and 28, then God blessed man and God said to man, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth God says I've created you to bless you I want you to walk in blessing I want you to be fruitful I want you to multiply I want you to exercise dominion and subdue He says I've created you to be the head and not the tail I'm here to encourage somebody tonight that's been going through something I'm here to help you sharpen your blade that you can cut the opposition away, you can see clear to move on in what God has for you. There's a next day there's a new day, there's a next step there's a new part that God has for your life. He doesn't want you to remain in the days of of, of the past. He wants you to move forward. He says pouring out new wine and new wineskins. Don't hold on to that which is the old wineskin that is inflexible and immovable. God says, I need you to be flexible because I'm an ever-expanding God. I'm a miraculous God. I'm a God that moves you forward. I'm a God that blesses you. I'm the God of more than enough. So if you're going to follow me, you're going to expand. You will expand to the right and the left in every area of your life. Praise God. He created us to succeed. And the devil didn't like that. The devil comes in and introduces sin and disobedience and rebellion. And it looks like defeat was going to be our future. But God said, no, no, you're not going to mess up my plan, devil. And he sends the second Adam into... And the arena, and Jesus comes, and Jesus rights the wrong. Hallelujah. And Jesus says, I'll even take the curse off of them, and I'll hang on a tree and take that curse onto myself so that that blessing can come back on them. I'm telling you what, don't live under the curse tonight. Don't live under the curse. If you live under the curse tonight, you're trampling underfoot the work of the cross you are not cherishing the old rugged cross. You're turning your back on the cross and saying, I want no part of it. Because Jesus hung on a cross to take the curse off of you and get the blessing on you. There's supposed to be a divine transfer that takes place. And we don't just give up the curse. we got to take on the blessing. Come on now. We don't just give up the curse. we got to take on the blessing. A lot of people say just take the pain away. Take the pressure off of me. Make away hey, God, just make a way that I can get out of this hard place. Well, God doesn't want you to just get out of a hard place. He wants you to get up into a blessed place. He wants you to get up into a healed place. He wants you to get up into a place where there's supernatural anointing flowing in and through you, where the work of God and the power of God and the Spirit of God is flowing through us to impact this world, bringing and ushering in His glory. Somebody say... Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus wants us to follow him. I'm here to tell you tonight check yourself. Ask yourself, am I following Jesus? Or am I following my desire? Am I following Jesus or am I following my will? Am I following Jesus or am I following someone else's will for my life? I say tonight Jesus said, follow me. 28 times in the New Testament he said, follow me. Do what I do is what he is saying. Go where I go is what he is saying. Say what I say is what he is saying. Imitate me. Come on, follow me. Jesus has given us so many examples through the Holy Scripture of what He did. When he, when he was faced with that of the demonic realm, He didn't frightfully run from it. He stood up against it and He says, I rebuke you, get out of her and go. And He exercised authority over the, the uh, resistance of the enemy. we got to follow Jesus. If the devil tries to resist what God's called us to do, we got to step up in our authority, uh, that authority that we have in the name of Jesus, that authority, authority that we have in his righteousness that authority that we have by his blood that authority that we have being filled with his spirit we got to step up in that authority and we got to say devil you're not going to do this you're not going to walk and just trample underfoot anything in my house and in my life you got to go and if the devil starts talking just like that demoniac tried to rise up and speak and take over the, uh, the attention and distraction while Jesus was teaching, what did Jesus say? Jesus wasn't afraid and said, Oh, get out of here, get out of here. He said, Shut up and sit down. Shut up, sit down. And I'm done You what? the devil shut up too you got to rise up in your authority and when the devil starts talking to you you got to say shut up devil I'm I'm not putting up with this you're not saying that in here in this house we're blessed in this house we're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord in this house we're healed in this house we've got more than enough in this house we're going to advance the kingdom of God in this house our kids are going to serve the Lord in this house we're going to operate in the love of Christ in this house we're going to walk in forgiveness in this, you just say, devil, you shut up and go ahead and preach him a sermon. It's not going to do him much good, but it'll do you a lot of good. I can promise you that. <laughs> Amen. Satan knows that if you and I uh, get into conversation with God, then he knows he's doomed. He knows that if we get a direct line with God and we learn to pray and we don't uh, find, let him distract us from going back to our time in prayer, he knows he is doomed because... What God, as God is speaking to me to speak to you now, it's the same thing the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. See, just like there's radio waves in here right now, and if you got a right tuner, you can tune into the frequency, and you can hear what a country station is playing right now. You can hear what a rock station is playing right now. You can hear what some symphony is playing right now. You can hear a talk show, uh, whether they're talking politics, or talking sports, or talking finances. All of that is going in this very room that we're in right now. And if you'll tune into the Frequency, you can hear it. It's always going on. Well, let me tell you what. God is always speaking. God is not a God that He has to sit down and focus and come up with a conversation like we do. God is God. He is the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word is always, always available. All we got to do is tune in to the frequency. So if you'll tune into the frequency, it probably won't be Pastor Tim's voice because I'm just being the speaker right now. Just like this PV uh, 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 monitor, it, it has a little harder sound than some of these other speakers that we have. It's a little more piercing because it's a PV speaker. But if I put another, say a Bose here, it's going to have a little different sound of what's coming through it. Because it's just the instrument, that the, 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 the vibrations that, that is coming through, that is coming and, and moving upon your sensory of your auditory nerves that is giving you the sound that you hear uh, in your ears. So I'm just just that PV mic right now, that PV speaker right now. If you'll tune into the frequency of God, you will hear God saying, just like I'm saying right now, because I'm tuned in. He says, I love you. He says, I know things haven't worked out the way you had hoped they'd work out. And the devil's telling you it's my fault. But I'm here to tell you the devil is against you. The devil is trying to destroy you. The devil wants you to think you're powerless. The devil wants you to feel like you are defeated and you'll never overcome. You need to surrender. You need to submit and just live life and try to get by. But God says, I just hear him saying, he said, I created you for more than that. The devil is afraid of you in your full glory. He said he's afraid of you. I've created you as a vessel of honor. Honor that comes to me, he says. The potter says you were created by me so that you could bring honor and glory to me. Your life is to bring honor and glory to God. You have the fingerprint of God on you. You've got the very water of the word on that potter's wheel. You've got the attention of God and the breath of God in you. Let me tell you what. What we've got to do is learn to tune in to the frequency of God and keep being reminded of who we are and whose we are and where we're going and why we're going there and how we're going there. It'll give you a a spring in your step. It'll give you a smile on your face. It'll give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. And even though the circumstances around you are not ideal and even though things didn't work out exactly the way you had hoped that they would work out uh, in the midst of... It all there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's uh, going to lift you. He's going to be the lifter of your soul, uh, and you're going to say, "You know what? I I've got still I've got purpose here. I still got destiny to fulfill. I still God's got a plan yet to be fulfilled through my life." And you'll get up out of the ashes in beauty. Somehow, or another comes out of the ashes, and you begin to move forward, stepping out of the ashes of, of the past and into the glorious future. He. created for you. That's what's coming in the frequency of heaven today. And the devil doesn't want you to tune in. He will discourage you. He will taunt you. He will fight you. He will distract you. He'll do everything he can to keep you from talking to God. He's try his best to get you to just move on and not stop and learn how to talk to God. I say you need to make a daily appointment with God. You say, well, I talk to God when I'm in my car. Bless you, I do too. You say, well, I talk to God when I'm in the shower. Bless you, I do too. You say, well, I talk to God when I was walking down the sidewalk from one block to the other when I'm taking a break at work. Well, God bless you, I do the same. But let me tell you what. Anybody imported in your life, you don't just... Happenstance. You don't just happenly, yeah, okay, I, I, you know, there's, there's this important person in my life that means a lot to me. If I happen to be in the car with them, I'll talk to them. If I happen to be walking with them on the block, I'll talk to them. If I happen to be taking a shower with them, and it better be your spouse if that's the case, okay, you're going to talk to them. Come on now. Uh, you, know, you know, people who are important in your life, you make an appointment with. You make a dentist appointment you may not like to, but you make a dentist appointment, you make a doctor's appointment, you make a counseling appointment, you make a, let's go to something more fun, you make a hair appointment, or a nail appointment, or a toenail appointment, or whatever, come on now, you, you, you want to go out, like we went, the, the kids uh, said they're going to take me to Amber Lantern on Father's Day, and uh, Townsend, uh, he, I don't know if it's Wednesday, Thursday before, he's calling Amber Lantern to make an appointment. Because he wanted to make sure we had a table. We could see the water and the table there for his dad. So, thank you, Townsend. That worked out really well. Praise God, it was delicious. And, uh, but, you know, why is it that we just say, if I have a moment that I'm not distracted while I'm driving, I'll talk to God. Nothing wrong with talking to God in the car. You know, but why don't we see the importance of, of us not being distracted? You know, God can multitask a lot better than you can. And if you are only talking to God or listening to God when you're multitasking, you might not be hearing as clearly as you want. I mean, the disciples are with Jesus three and a half years. I, I know Caleb was telling me just uh, this, uh, I think it was lunch today. He says, uh, he, he's working for us now. Can you imagine a 10-year-old working in the corporate office? And he says, uh, I get over there and I put my, my headphones on. And he's entering data into a data system. And so he said, I put my headphones on and I listen to my praise and worship music. And he says, I sit there and I start working. He says, it's like, Daddy's like, in 10 minutes it feels like it's time for lunch. And this has been three hours. He said, man, time really passes. So here's this little 10-year-old with a dimple looking at me and said, Dad, man, how time passes by so fast. And I'm thinking, you don't know the half of it. You just get a little bit older and your days become like hours and your weeks become like days and your, week, your day, weeks become like days, okay, and your months become like weeks. I mean, it really speeds up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine with the, the disciples spending three and a half years with Jesus and the Bible says that there's not enough books in the world and volumes in the world to contain all that Jesus did? Can you imagine how fast those three and a half years went by? I'm telling you it's like, "No, you can't go to Jerusalem. They'll crucify you. This gig'll be up." You got it. man, this is awesome. You know, they didn't want they did not want Jesus uh, to go near Jerusalem because they knew that he was going to be crucified. They knew that that all that had been said was going to accomplish even though they tried to deny it. They they knew that. So before Jesus went to Jerusalem, They said, Jesus, we've been with you. We've seen you heal people. We've seen you actually make the the funeral home, move the the stone away, and get someone that had been buried for four days. Dead for four days. And you called him out. And one of them probably said, I was one of those who you said, loose him. And was part of taking the grave wrappings off of him when he came out. Wow, Jesus, we saw you raise the dead. Yes. Peter, can you ever forget when you stepped out of the boat to what looked like a ghost that said, Come? And you began to walk on water because he was walking on water. Follow me, do as I do. And when you got your eyes off of him, what happened, Peter? Peter he said, We don't want to talk about that. We move beyond that. We're going forward. <laughs> Can you imagine the miracles they witnessed? The blinded eyes. Barnabas, David, son of David, have mercy on me. They were right there. And Jesus heals this man that was born blind. Men lame from their mother's womb, jumping and running and dancing, let down through a roof and now taking their bed, carrying it home. Hallelujah. They've seen all of this. They watched him take bread and fish, a little snack, and multiplied as he gave thanksgiving. And 5,000 men and their wives and their children, probably 20,000 people, ate. And then they had to go gather up 12 basketfuls just to be in your face that God is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Don't ever question. Don't ever doubt God. Then there was another time. There was, there was thousands of others, four thousand that he did the same thing, fed them miraculously. Man, throughout the scriptures, hallelujah! And they said, Jesus, we have seen all of this, all of this power. We've seen you the transfiguration. We saw you a mount of there of transformation. And Lord, to see the supernatural heaven open over over you and us to see who you are. We've seen a lot. And we know, God, and from our account, that you've been able to do everything you've done because of your prayer life. Amen. That's what they came to the conclusion. It was because of your prayer life. You know, I think about those fish and, and, and uh, that, those loaves of bread. Every time I tell that story, I think about that. I, I just have to stop and thank God. Now, you guys got to meet Edward and Mary Richardson just a couple of weeks ago. I think they sat. Well, we had the chairs a little different. They came up from uh, South Carolina. The couple that owned the Abbey Lane, still on the Abbey Lane, the fishing, the shrimping boat. You know, when I watch, uh, I was flipping through the other day, and uh, what's that show, Life is Like a Box of Chocolates? Forrest Gump. Gump. That was uh, on, and I was just flipping through, and it, it was, in, and when it flipped by, he was on the shrimp boat, Bubba Gump shrimp boat, you know, and... Uh, and he, you know, he was just standing there, and it was going. I don't know whatever, I, and all this stuff happened. I flipped on by, but but I, I remembered again, you know, that Edward Richardson, that gentleman that was here, said I was in prayer. I was in prayer, and while I was praying that Saturday morning, getting ready to go out on the Abbey Lane and do this thing that I loved on the side on the weekends of uh, fishing for shrimp, he says, "I pray," and the Spirit of God says, "I have." a minister that I'm raising up to preach the Word. He's in Bible college. And I want you to take 10% of what you get today, what I give you, and I want you to send it to Him. And uh, in confirming the story while they were here, uh, Mary she was the one actually wrote the checks, what she was telling me. And... Uh, so when he got back and the shrimp that came in that day, weighing in at market value, separated the large shrimp, the medium-sized shrimp, the small shrimp, they do by count. Uh, and then they, they, they took and weighed them, gave him his money. And then he goes and tells Marianne, he say, his wife, he says, I want you to 10% to the penny. She said, well, we're going to round it up. She said, I like, I like even numbers. He said, no. The penny. She said, Well, let's just make it, you know, an even something. He said, No, God told me to give 10% to the penny to Him. So she wrote the check for $101.02. And she said, I felt foolish. She said, everything in me, I like things in order. That's what she was just telling us. She was in our home just two weeks ago. She said, I like everything in order. I like everything balanced. I, and here I'm writing a check for $101.02. How silly is this? So they felt like they had to write a letter to explain. She felt like he had, she made him write a letter, uh, and she actually wrote it for him, uh, to explain why it was such an odd number, that it was this shrimp thing. And when I got it, she did not know and they did not know that 400, 300 something miles away, I'd been praying in the the Houston Chapel down in the basement of the boys' dorm and up in the attic of the boys' dorm. I'd been walking and talking to the Lord because I had a need. I had a need. And I had a need for $101.02. That was my car payment. And here, this check from prayer... Meets this guy with a need from prayer and they come together. And God made it happen. And so that I would never forget, so that I would even stand here and encourage you, for four years they would send that check every month. They would send me a Christmas gift and they would write two checks. 101-02, 101-02. 10102, 10102. She told me just two weeks ago with our family sitting there in the living room how foolish she felt in doing this. But she said, Edward is hard-headed as they come. He said, hallelujah. He said, amen. He doesn't say a whole lot, but he said, amen. He's hard. He said, when it comes to obeying the Lord, I want to be hard-headed. I want to be, I want to be stubborn. I want to do what God tells me to do. And I just, yeah, I just thank them again. That here they are in their late 70s and, 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 and still serving the Lord. I'm just there thanking them because that, that God used them to, to, to etch in me something that the circumstances of life has never been able to cut out of me. Hallelujah. You can trust God. You can trust God if he can bring enough brainless shrimp into a net, some of the fat ones and some of the little ones and some of the medium-sized guys, just in the right number, that when that market value was at the fish market for that weight and that amount at that moment when that Abilene pulled in and docked and unloaded, that to be to the penny of what I needed, God says, I don't want you to ever, ever, worry about this again. I'm a God that will meet your needs according to my riches and glory. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight that you may be in a tight spot. You may be being challenged and you may it may not look like it can work out. Well, what you need to do is quit looking on the vast horizon of what seemingly is nothing. What you need to do is get into your closet of prayer. And you need to start talking to your heavenly Father. And as you talk to your heavenly Father, there's going to be somebody or something else happening because of prayer somewhere else. God's going to make the connection. And when God makes the connection, let me tell you what, it's going to be on the right day, at the right time, for the right amount, in the right way that you could have never worked it out on your own so that when you walk away from that, you will say, to God be all the glory, to God be all the praise, to God be all praise for this provision. Oh, that we would start bragging on God. Sometimes we want to take a a miracle of God and tell it in such a way it makes us look smart or makes us look like we're all of that. Let me tell you what. What you need to do is just bow back and say, I'm not here for my glory. I'm here for your glory, God. Lord, I'm not here. My name don't need to be lifted up. Your name needs to be lifted up. I've not died for anyone. My blood is a sinful blood outside of You, Christ. You've redeemed it. You've washed it. You've made it pure as, uh, white as snow and pure as wool. Lord, because of Your righteousness, I am now righteous. But outside of You, I'm filthy and I'm dirty and I'm undone. Outside of You, I have no hope of eternity with, uh, with You, Lord. Only an eternity of damnation. Outside of You, I don't have any real strength. But Lord God, as I hide myself, in you as I hide myself in Christ then whatever comes my way you get the praise whatever comes my way you get the glory come on now I believe if God knew he could get more glory and more honor through his workings in and through you that I believe we would open the gates to see more of him flow in and through us we need to say less of me and more of you we need to say less of me and more of you I'm telling you, we need to say less of me and more of you. Wouldn't it? The disciple says, it is my prayer that I would decrease, that he might increase. Come on, Lord. We just want you to increase in our life. We want people to see you in us. You know, when you meet people and it's all about you, and it's all about your circumstances, whether they're good or bad, and it's all about your life, whether it's good or bad, people get to know a lot about you, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm challenging myself, and you may not need to challenge yourself, you may be already there, But I'm challenging myself that when I leave a conversation, it's okay that I can brag on God's goodness in me and and the good things and give thanks for this and that. But I want them to know more about the Lord. I want them to feel like they've been in the presence of the Lord. I want them to know more about His goodness, more about His kindness, more about His forgiveness, more about His power, more about Him. I I just want to do that. And I want to do it in such a way without preaching and hitting people so hard with, with all the religious talk. You know what I'm talking about? Because when I do that, their eyes cross. When I start doing that, their eyes cross and and they go, oh, I got a text. Oh, I got a, and their phone's not vibrating. Their phone, their phone was actually dead, but they just all all of a sudden got a miracle of a vibration and they got to go. They got to go. When I try to talk the religious talk, you know, they, 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 you know what, all of a sudden they remember this very important appointment that they're late for and they don't even have a watch to know even what time it is, okay? But they all, you know, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. I want to come and such a way of a living example, a living epistle to them where I can can tell them about real life things, but how God has worked into real life things. And I can tell them about circumstances and situations and hard times and about how God intervenes and how God gives us encouragement. And I'm not always going to talk about the victory all the time. I'm going to also let them know that I've had some valleys that I've had to go through. You know, sometimes you want to forget your valleys and you don't want to ever talk about them again. But sometimes somebody who's in a valley needs to know that there's a way out of the valley. Because all they see, from the as far as they can see, is the valley that's getting deeper and deeper. And it's getting darker and darker. But if they know somebody's been through a valley like that, and there is around the turn, there is a gate that's going to bring you right up out of this valley. That will encourage them. That will strengthen them. Don't stick with the story of you in the valley. You make you you take them through the valley and out of the valley of the shadow of death. Come on now. We need to learn to help one another. We need to encourage one another. Praise God. So the disciples said, Jesus, you are amazing. Everything you've done, we see, comes out of your prayer line. When you go up on that mountain and come back and pray, you walk on water. When you go up on that mountain and pray, and you come back down, you're feeding 5,000 men, the whole family, with a little boy's lunch. When you go up on that mountain and come down to pray from prayer, Lord, the, the blind are drawn to you, and they run away shouting and praising you and praising God for healing of sight in their eyes. When you go up on that mountain and pray, and then you come and they invite you into the house, people start digging through the roof of the house and start letting paralytics down, and they get up and take their beds and carry them home. Jesus, there's something about it when you go up on that mountain and pray. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, in this manner, in this manner, I want you to pray. Follow me. Follow my example. And then he prays. And it's very simple. You know it, and I know it. Our our Father, which art in heaven hallowed be thy name. The first thing he tells us to do when they asked him to teach him how to pray is he said, let me show you how. Here's the example. And he opens it up in this manner you should pray. Number one is praise. Open up with praise. Open up with praise. Begin with praise. You may have a backache, but begin with praise. You want to say, God, I praise you that before the end of this prayer... I'm going to hear from you. There's going to be a movement of heaven on earth for this circumstance in my life to be turned around. Hallelujah. I'm thanking you, Lord. See, that's faith. See, thanksgiving is the greatest expression of faith. When we begin to thank God before it happens, Jesus thanked God for the hush puppies and the fish to be multiplied before they were multiplied. And then as they went out, the multiplication took place. Jesus took the bread and the fruit of the vine and He gave thanks even before He went to the cross because He knew that His blood and His body was going to redeem us, was going to heal us, was going to deliver us, was going to give us an opening for the Spirit of God to empower us. So we got to learn to thank God before it happens. Let me tell you what, when you meet somebody who lives by faith, you will see that person is a thankful person. I'm not talking about a religious faith acting person, they can be really spooky, okay, I'm talking about a truly faith-filled faith-action person they know, they know God's going to make a way, just like us uh, God said, expand to the right and we've been praying for this property for 25 years, I said, Lord, please don't let anyone else buy it, Lord, and I, I even told the Lord, you know, sometimes we tell the Lord how to work out His business I told the Lord to have them gift it to us, okay And that doesn't look like what's happening right now. Uh, Here's a widow that needs that. Well, you know what? Why would we want a widow to struggle the rest of her life gifting it when we've got a whole family here who is a blessed people who are going from faith to faith and glory to glory and our greatest financial days for each of our household is yet ahead of us. Hallelujah. So so why would we want that one person to do that? Now Lord, if you change your mind, that you work it out. But but you know we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it. So with thanksgiving. I'm thanking the Lord. Pastor was like, you know, uh, this is what, don't you know this is what the Lord is doing? I said, yeah, and I thank God. He's going to make a way. She said, do you know the details of how he's going to work it out? I said, I don't. I know he's blessing us that if we have to take care of it, we'll take care of it, but we're going to, this is going to be a family uh, event. We, but we're thanking God that it's going to work out. Hallelujah. We're going forward in faith. So when we come in prayer, Jesus says, come praising your Heavenly Father. Your fa- Heavenly Father loves you. Your Heavenly Father wants the best for you. Your Heavenly father has greater plans for you than you've eyes seen ears heard is in, entered into the heart of man greater things he has for you somebody say I receive it in Jesus name and when you know that and you live that way you come to him with praise and and, 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 we, and therefore our heavenly father in, in hallowed be your name we praise you and we praise your name now why in the world would he want us to lift up the names of God when we come to him in prayer Because if nothing else won't raise your faith, all you got to do is study the names of God. Hallowed be his name. Come on now. He said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your God, your provider. He didn't say, I might provide, I might subsidize. He said, I am your God, your provider. Come on, he says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I am your God, your healer. I am your great physician. I can bring about a miracle in your body that no no earthly man or woman could ever accomplish. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the great physician. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your God of peace. I usher in Shalom. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. The devil says you didn't have the right family growing up. You got something missing. God said, nope. Shalom. And he fills that that God-centered void with his presence and his power. Hallelujah. People came up to me on Sunday and they were saying to me they were saying you know I'm so glad Sunday wasn't all about the earthly father because there's so many earthly fathers that have failed that you drew attention to our heavenly father let me tell you what there's no perfect parent on planet earth some do a better job than others but let me tell you what we've got the perfect heavenly father as she expended his love and showers us with his righteousness and his kindness and his gift and his uh, direction in our lives hallelujah what a good a good father he is he said hallowed be thy name he's Jehovah Nisi the Lord our banner marking our victory he goes ahead of you and marks your victory and plants the flag even before you get to the top of the hill he said it's already yours all you got to do is keep putting one foot in front of the other and he says you're going to come to the victory spot that I've already marked for you some of you felt like you're coming under defeat. That's a lie straight from hell. The devil's trying to say you're defeated. The devil's trying to say it's past. The devil's trying to say the best is behind you. God said, I've gone before you and I've already set Jehovah knees He said, I'm the Jehovah of the flag, the banner of victory, and I've already set it up on the hill. You're going to a higher place. You're going to a greater place. I've already marked it out for you. Hallelujah. And he is Jehovah sitting, my Lord, my righteousness. The devil says you ain't good enough you old rascal. You thought this bad thought. You said this bad thing. You lost your temper here. You failed to tithe that week. You did this. You did that. You are disqualified. You need to tell the devil what Jesus told that man that stood up and, that, or, and was trying to talk in his presence there. He said, Shut up. Satan, shut up. Sit down. You need to tell the devil, Shut up. I'm not listening. To you, I'm listening to what God is saying. And God is saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So not in my effort, but in the effort of Christ. Not in what I did, but in what Jesus did. Not in how good I am, but in how good Jesus is. I find myself. I find myself. I declare I am the righteousness of God. When the devil tries to tell you you're not good enough, you need to come back and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the righteous shall be blessed. And the righteous shall go forth forth in power, and the righteous shall be exalted, saith the word of God. You just go ahead and preach to the devil. He's not going to be affected much by it, I can promise you that. But it'll do you a lot of good. It'll do you a lot of good. I keep saying that because the devil tries his best to discourage me. The devil tries his best to talk me out of the sermons that I know the Lord has given me. Tries to talk me out of uh, 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 the the decisions that I've made. Boy, the devil, he, he, he works on me, just like he works on you. But I've learned that some of the best preaching I've ever done is preaching at the devil. And as I'm preaching to the devil, I'm telling you that thing's bouncing off of him because he's hard head, but it comes back on me. Hallelujah. And I get all pumped up and excited and, and powerful and faith-filled and encouraged and strengthened. And the devil says, i got to stop tripping him up because he don't cuss when he trips. He starts blessing the Lord. i got to stop shutting the door in front of him and, and locking it because the whole time he's trying to find to. To unlock it, uh, he's talking about how God said, "I'll open doors that no man shall shut," and he starts going to the next level. I've just got it; I got the devil so bamboozled. Uh, he says, "If I try to do harm, it gets turned for good, and if I leave him alone, he keeps going from level to level." So I don't know what to do. So they're having staff meetings in hell trying to figure out what to do with people like me, and I want him to have it. Your name on the agenda too. I want him to say, "You know, this this brother here, we." Got We've got we to leave him alone because the more we throw at him, the higher and the stronger he goes. And But if we leave him alone, the stronger he is and the higher he goes. I, I don't know what to do. What are we going to do with these folks? I want him to say Christian embassy is, is a, 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 you know, a, a, a no trespass zone. They, they got it up there and say, "See that building? When all those comes, you got they got the X there, you know, like the mark through it. Don't park here. Don't, no trespassing here." And I can hear some of the hard-headed demons, you know, as rebellious as they are. They got a lot of them saying, "You know, but if we leave them alone, they're going to take over the world." they're going to turn the world upside down like happened back in Acts chapter 2 if we leave them alone. And another one's saying, but if we keep messing with them, they just get stronger and stronger and every stone we throw becomes a stepping stone for their next level. Hallelujah. Because hallowed be your name. In our prayer time, we're reminding ourselves who God is as we honor His name. He is Jehovah Orohi, our Lord, our Shepherd. We're not in this world by ourselves. We're not wanderers here. we got a Shepherd who says follow me. I'll lead you by into the green pastures. Some people say if you serve God, you got to live in the desert. If you serve God, it's got to be hard. If you serve God, it's got to be dry. If you serve God, you got to be poor. My Shepherd said I'll lead you into the green pastures uh, and by the still waters, hallelujah. That's the Shepherd I'm following and he's a good shepherd Uh, he is the great shepherd of the sheep Jesus Christ himself Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. The devil will say, You all by yourself. Devil, you a liar. Let me tell you, his name is Jehovah Shema. He took on that man took on that name. His mama named him Shema. Didn't realize she was prophesying over him. And then when those Philistines came in and they were going to take their pea patch over and take all that they'd worked on for all of the, of the season, and they were going to come in and run the farmers off and steal their harvest. There was one man named Shema. Said, I ain't going nowhere. And all the other farmers said, You got nothing but a stick in your hand, a cow's goat in your hand. That's all you got is a sheep goat in your hand. What are you going to do? They've got weapons and that's a mighty army. And he says, enough, enough. Shema. And basically he was saying, my God is with me. My God is here. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I pray that some shamans would rise up in this house and say, I might not have nothing but an ox goad in my hand, but if God be on my side, you let every Philistine, you let every Amalekite, you let every Canaanite, you let every demon of hell come against me, but I'm not going anywhere. This harvest, I work for this, and I'm taking this harvest, this harvest is mine. And the Bible says they came in, the great horde of the soldiers and the military men came in and that one man with the presence of God defeated and ran off every one of them and the harvest was saved. That was a mama that had some faith. That was a mama that said, when that baby was born, let's name him Shema. Let's name him after the name of God. The Lord Shema. Jehovah Shema. Where God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. There's not even a shadow of turning with Him. Hallelujah. Somebody Needs to be encouraged here tonight because you feel like you're in a quiet place. You feel like you're all by yourself. No, you're not. You need to stand up where you're at and you need to put your foot down and say hallowed be thy name, Jehovah Shema. You're right here with me. You've not left me. You've not forsaken me. Actually, you've, made a, you've got a plan of escape. you got a plan in, out and over and through this one way or another. So I'm not looking to the left or the right. I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you. Be encouraged in that tonight. Hallowed be thy name. El Shaddai. You're the God of more than enough. There's going to be 12 baskets left over when it looked like it was an impossibility. Somebody's moving up to the next level. I don't know if you're moving into a house. I don't know if you're moving into another business. I don't know if you're moving from, from uh, work to retirement. But somebody's making a big move coming here. And, it, and the paper shows, on paper, it shows there's not enough. On paper, it shows you might get by on the, the skin of your teeth, it may say. You might get by. But you're going to come in prayer right now and say, Hallowed be thy name. Your name, you are El Shaddai. We're going to have 12 basket loads of full over after this. You're going to take the my lunch, my little lunch. What I do have, I give it unto you. And you're going to multiply it supernaturally. Somebody needs to start praising Him. You begin your prayer with praise. And if you do that, you will automatically, by default... Do away with your whining session that usually follows. How many of you, and I'll be the first one to raise both hands, have whined to God a lot? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, come on. Yeah, there's some honest folks back here. You've whined to God a lot, okay? You follow Jesus' example of what He's showing us, you won't be whining Because your faith man will rise up and kick your whining mouth in the teeth and say, shut up. You give some praise. You begin to declare. You begin to decree. You call it that which is not as though it be, and you stand by it. You don't just do that when the music feels good. You don't just do that when the circumstances look good. you got to call that which is not, which means it's not there. You're not feeling it. It is not happening. You are in the desert, but you stand there and declare the river will run forth out of the rock and the flowers will bloom. And let me tell you what, the power of your words can turn your situation because they come from the abundance of a heart that has faith in God and faith pleases God. There's nothing, no other way to please Him. Hallelujah. So let me see. Yes, yes, I got just a minute here. So let's get our, let's, let's pray, ha, praise Him. Start with praise. Second thing here is you've got to get your priorities straight. Ask God for his, his plan, His desire, what He wants for your life. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my kingdom, but your kingdom. Not my will, but your will. Take on Jesus' heart when He said to uh, God, His Father in the the garden there that night. When He said, you know, this is a hard cup to drink, Father. He said, but not my will, thy will be done. Let me tell you what. Let's stop living for us and start living for Him. You can trust Him. Without Him, you you wouldn't be alive today anyway. So you can trust Him. Let me say it again. Without Him, you wouldn't be alive today. You can trust Him. So if you can trust Him in the areas that you really don't have any control because He's given you life, why can't you trust Him in this life? God, not my will, Your will. God, whatever I do, I want to do what You've called me to do. I want to put my hands to what You've called me to do. And you say, well, I just want to to make good money. I mean, God's got throughout the Scripture, you're going to have more than enough if you do it His way. You're going to have an inheritance for you and your children, your children's children, and an El Shaddai abundance from Him to, to help meet the needs around you, right? So, is it that you want, you want money just to go and, and spend it on your flesh? Is that what it is? Is why you want Him out of the picture? Study the life of the rich and famous without God and see how that life is. There's destroyed families. There's, there's addiction. There's... Nobody can trust anybody. They live in paranoia. That's not, that's not the blessing of God. The increase that God gives to us comes without sorrow. Comes without sorrow. Hallelujah. So trust God. Say, not my plan, your plan. What's your plan for me? Now, it's going to be to bless you. It's going to be to increase and multiply. It's going to be to be fruitful because that's His plan. But it'll be done His way in righteousness with integrity and honor. Amen. And then the third thing, provisions. When you pray, God, God wants you to talk to Him about your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank God for His daily provision. Say, God, I take on... I hear what David said. He's young. He's been young and he's old. And he's never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Lord, I know you're going you're to take care of today. You're going to take care of today. So I want to thank you. I bless you. I praise you for provision. And then you want to uh, take the time and, 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 and forgive. You need to forgive others daily. How was Jesus so powerful when He came off of the mountain from praying? Because any, any insult, any attack, any lie, any assault that had come against Him, He gave it to the Father. Because you know He was human too. When they, you hit Jesus, He hurt. He was, he was in the body just like us. So you know the attacks and the abandonment and the lies and all that the devil did had to hurt. He just went and he just just forgave others. He forgave them. He did not hold on to unforgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You've got to release those. They, in the flesh, they owe you something. They owe you an apology. Let me stop right there because that's a big one. They owe you an apology. And you're going to hold them to it because of the principle that they're not going to get a free ride because they'll do this to other people. So now you're going to step out of the will of God and hold on to unforgiveness and allow a spirit of bitterness, demon spirits of bitterness to take root and start flowing through your life. Come on now. Because if you refuse to forgive, it puts you in a position where you can't be forgiven you stepped out of the whole plan of God. Because had He not come to forgive us, none of us would have a plan of salvation. Amen. Amen. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There we need to pray for daily protection. Because when you really uh, peruse that Greek uh, text there, and it's translated here, and do not lead us into temptation like God's going to lead us into temptation... Here's what he's saying as you're leading us, and it's parasimus is the word that's translated there, it means a putting to the proof. You're going to be challenged for what you believe. You're going to be challenged. And as he's leading us in his way, we're going to be challenged. And he says, Deliver us from the evil one. Everything that every challenge he brings, the devil brings against us because we're being put to the proof. Parasamas, we're being put to the proof. He says, You, I pray God, I'm leaning on you to deliver me from the evil one. So the good news is you stand up for God. Some people say, Oh, you gotta you gotta live under the radar, Pastor. You gotta live under the radar because you don't want demons and the devil after you to live under the radar. Let me tell you what, live under the radar. When we've been called to usher in the glory of God to fill this earth as the water covers the sea, live under the radar. When Jesus came and hung on a cross and went to a whipping post and allowed a crown of thorns to be put on his head and nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a sword and a spear in his side. Why? Now hang on, we're going to try to live under the, the radar. Man, I'm here to tear up the radar system. I'm here to tear it up. I want to make do as much damage to the kingdom of darkness. I want to plunder, go through the gates of hell and plunder and bring out every bound person that is bound that don't know Jesus Christ. I want to bring the light of hope to them. Every person that is in bondage uh, to demon spirits, I want to see them set free. I, I want to see the chains of darkness fall off of them. I want to see their families and their lives turned around. Live under the radar Come on now, we've only got so much of a life to live and we need to make as big a splash as we can while we're here to advancing the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you don't have to worry about the devil. Here in this prayer, Jesus said, this is how I pray. He says, I pray to my Father that as I am being put to the proof, as I'm following Your will, and the devil's trying everything to test me and to make me stumble and make me fall and ambush me, I'm trusting You to deliver me from the evil one. Hallelujah. And in that, he goes on, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we begin and we end with praise. So that even if you got into a little uh, whining in the middle, you got away from your opening stance of faith, you're going to be ending remembering once again. For it's your kingdom and your power and your glory. they forever. Your kingdom is forever. I'm working for your kingdom. This other kingdom's going to be one day bound and thrown into the eternal abyss. It's going to be cast away. Your kingdom's going to last forever. So I'm standing with your kingdom, and it's your power. It is never going to it's never going to dip. It's never going to blink. It's never going to be drawn down to where it says charge me or I'm going to die in 5 minutes. No, your power's forever. I can draw on 100 million amps of your power and it doesn't even touch the surface, doesn't even scrape the surface of your power. It's forever and ever. And your glory, Lord God, you're going to get the glory in the end when it's all said and done. You're going to be King of Kings and you're going to be Lord of Lords. When it's all said and done, it's going to be God is the winner. God is the victorious one. I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah! So how can I not leave my time of prayer popped up and ready to go. Hallelujah. Begin and end with prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Follow my example. You want to know how? I've been living as victorious as I've been living in this human form. It's prayer. So He taught the disciples and He's teaching us the basics. Breathe. Breathe the basics. Get it right. And let me tell you what, you'll come out of every day. Prayer is the most powerful activity on earth. I know the Holy Ghost is the most powerful force on earth, but your prayer time will open the gate or close the gate as to whether you're going to let His power flow through you. So the most powerful activity on earth is prayer. I encourage you this evening. I encourage you through this week and the weeks to come. Let prayer, not that religious stuff, but that just basic, simple understanding of this communicating with God and coming to God daily. Let it become that priority in your life. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Lord, we're going to take advantage of this blessed... Uh, activity you've given us right now, Lord God, as we come to you thanking you and praising you for your word that we received tonight. I thank you, God, as the seed of your word has gone forth that it has now fallen into good soil. Lord God, and that good soil is receiving it. That good soil is letting it get rooted. That good soil is understanding it. And Lord, your people, God, are going to see the the fruit of 30, 60, or 100 fold come to manifest in it through their lives. Their lives are going to be stronger because of the seed of your word. Their lives are going to be more fruitful because of the seed of your word. Their lives are going to be more joyful because of the seed of your word. Their lives are going to have more of your goodness in it because of the seed of your word. Their lives are going to have more faith coming forth as fruit because of the seed of your word. Their lives are going to have more patience, Lord God, coming forth as fruit because of the seed of your word. Let the seed of your word bring increase. Let the seed of your word bring miracles. Let the seed of your word bring forth that which has been sown to do to bring heaven on earth. Hallelujah. And we do pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, we thank you for it is your kingdom and your power and your glory that is forever and ever. And the people of God said, amen. 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 Hallelujah.